0: Welcome back to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh,
1: and I am Josh Hallman.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry if I sound congested, <laughs> uh, but yeah,
1: <laughs> I <feel> so bad. <laughs> I'm making you record a podcast.
0: <laughs> I have COVID, everyone, and but it's okay. This is more important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Can you put a mask on?
0: <laughs> Wait, don't make me laugh. I'll have to cough. All okay. right. All right. Um, let's just get into it. We're going to talk about the greatest, uh, I'm going to say IP of all time, <laughs> the greatest franchise of all time because it's not the greatest movie of all time.
1: I have so much to talk about. And because I know that you might not be at operating it. At- <laughs> 100% Tasha. I'm going to I'm going to talk a lot today.
0: Okay. So All right, hit us. So before we go into Top Gun Maverick.
1: Yeah, before we, have we this go into weeks in writings. We have a bunch of this week's in writings. Also, Tasha, we're going to be doing a like giveaway with Final Draft. We're giving away Final Draft.
0: That's today. <laughs>
1: no, it's not today. I'm just <laughs> okay. I'm just planting this seed. But if yeah, you are awesome. a writer and you need Final Draft, which is the software Tasha and I use, and by the way, we're not like paid to say what I'm saying right now or sponsor. We're not, we're, there's none of that. I'm just saying we have some things to give away.
0: Final draft, though. If you wanted to sponsor our podcast, you would <laughs> but, not be upset about it. <laughs> however...
1: <laughs> okay, Tasha, mm-hmm. before we jump into some Maverick talk, which is a long overdue conversation between between us, there's some things we have to talk about, some important things. Okay. And I want to talk about character. Okay. Okay. So... You know my friend Kai, and Kai uh, is a director. He co-wrote Robu, the short film that I worked on, and now he and I are co-writing a feature together, which is like this crazy feature that we've been just spitballing for quite some time, and, and uh, we've been doing a lot of brainstorming. But anyway, so Kai and I were talking about our main characters, and we were working on some things in our, our second act, and we were having some problems figuring out what happens throughout our second act, and we realized it was a character problem. And mm-hmm. so we started to talk about the main character and, and I'm, I was kind of going into what the character doesn't want. I'm like, so, you know, so-and-so doesn't want this. He doesn't want this and yada, yada, yada. And Kai, to his credit, he kind of pushed me and flipped it, which I sh- somehow I got off track and he was like, well, what does he want? And and then it turned into, all right, well, what is this character's belief system? And mm-hmm. like, meaning like, what's the point that the character has and this is really important. I'm obviously not the first person to say this. this has been said a million times, but it's just a good reminder is like when you're writing, I personally think it's very helpful to set up that core belief system for a character in act one and then just like beat the shit out of that belief system throughout the movie. then you change your character and so it's mm-hmm. just a reminder to always know exactly what your character's beliefs are throughout a movie. That's it,
0: yeah, I totally agree, and especially when <laughs> You know what? In having to write in TV, in particular, you get challenged a lot very frequently about your characters, and like, hey, like we need to cut this scene because of X reason and Y reason and production money, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And you're you have to understand either yes that scene can be cut or there's something so integral in this scene about what my character is doing and thinking and feeling and and how they're growing that i need to keep it or i need to move it and what has been interesting in that is it has definitely forced me to lean so much more into character and to be like so staunch about what i know about that character because then you can cut around it and mold that script much easier once you start getting notes because you know what the core kind of point is Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean it helps if you know that, it helps not only the writing process but the rewriting process. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Totally, it's so simple but so helpful, and it's also really difficult, by the way.
0: It is, yeah. Essentially, when you're just trying to get through a script, you're like, I know I need to just get done. I need to yeah. get from point A to point B, and or maybe I have a deadline I have to get to. It's so hard to constantly go back to character because that's what takes the most work.
1: Yeah. So that's it. I just okay. it was really it was really important, but there's there's another thing. Okay. So, I saw on Twitter the other day, my manager, Mm. Jay-Z, he had posted something about this writer name, uh, another Bellevue client uh, named Tyler Tice, and in Jay-Z's tweet, he said that Tyler had written a fuck-it script, and basically, that fuck-it script turned into a script called Day Shift, which now stars Jamie Foxx, and a a fuck-it script essentially is like, hey, I'm writing this script, fuck it, no matter what. You just, you go for it. Yeah. And it got me thinking, Tasha, have you ever written a fuck it script? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or no?
0: <laughs> I feel like all my specs are fucking scripts. I oh, feel wow. like no one ever wants me to write what I want to write. So I just do it anyways. Um, hmm. I wrote I wrote one. This was like, this was in college when I was still figuring figuring myself out where it was i think i've told you about this one before where uh it was a love story mhm because I, like you, went through a phase where I wanted to write love stories. (laughs) I'm still writing that com. Uh, (laughs) That rom-com was also a fucking script. Yeah, I mean, all my specs. So this one was, i was a love story set in like the 1500s in England. So it was like Tasha going to the Renaissance Fair, but with a spy element and a romance element into it, which is like, that's my jam. All of those things combined.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this before. I'm in on that script.
0: Yeah. Bring it back. I mean, that one, and then I did the 19, 1930s, like, I don't even know, so bad. <laughs> uh, like, the, a butler who, do you remember this one? Wall and Bing? Oh, uh, the, like a, I do. I, I, as a, a, a rich kind of, like, playboy hires a female butler, and yeah. hilarity ensues.
1: I have a folder of all of our old documents because i have a default folder for when i download something from writers group it goes yeah. into that folder and i actually i saw it i was like wall and bing <laughs> oh wall and bing and I, I just i i burned it off my computer <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding. I'm kidding i didn't look at it but,
0: i loved that script uh, yeah, i great. don't remember if it was terrible or not
1: um okay last two things i promise these are gonna be real quick yeah i was with our good friend dave levinson last night I and we were we were talking about how important it is to meet in person and because we had a in-person meeting about something and it was just like that energy was there. And, and we started to talk about how a lot of writers want to stay on zoom. Yeah. Even though, you know, because it's, it's easy, but after talking with him and I kind of knew this already, but I'm all about going back in person, obviously when everyone's healthy and- and I was going to say, this
0: is a a unique position to talk about this because I have, having been with people, (laughs) now have COVID. But I agree. So I went to an in-person recently um, before I tested positive for COVID. During. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hope not. (laughs) Um, And it was fantastic, like the the vibe, the energy, the way people could kind of interrupt and crosstalk in very positive ways, not in- I feel like when you cross talk in Zoom, it can get very um, diminishing. Like you feel like someone's talking over you. Whereas in a room, oftentimes cross talk can be like you're building on someone else's idea Mm -hmm. and you're building on that energy and you're feeding off of it together. And that can be like just really exciting. But in Zoom, there's so much like you have to take turns in this very kind of methodical way, which just that's not how we think, especially in groups. Um, So yeah, obviously the energy is so different for writers rooms. I do like as long as you're testing like twice a week. I think I think once a week is fairly standard, but twice a week is obviously more optimal. Then yeah, I mean go for it. Well, and
1: also we were talking about like generals, like oh at, yeah, at I, and I'm obviously yes, what you're talking about, but just like at the base, uh, like the the simplest form of a meeting. I know mm-hmm. it's really easy to do a general over Zoom and. oh it's it's an inconvenience to go over here but we were talking about it like it creates a moment like when you like let's just say you and i were having our first general and we meet at like you know a starbucks and then something happens at that starbucks that's kind of silly or whatever it happens and it's like oh that's where i met that one writer at that one that one starbucks like it's just you just remember things i feel like zoom you're like scrolling through like social media it's just like you're just on it all day
0: yeah. There's nothing new about it. It's, That's all. In, it's impersonal. And it, yeah, sometimes yeah. you put on your Zoom face to get through it yeah. rather than just being who you are. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, sure.
1: All right. We're going in. Oh, no, this is the actual last thing. Okay. We did a podcast with uh, David Steinberg. Yes, we did. In that podcast, I think I got a little excited. Yeah. And I said some things that I need to just maybe take back in particular. Oh, no. <laughs> I I call Dave Steinberg, the new Zen Dave. Yeah. I don't want to confirm or deny if our friend Dave did or did not appreciate that, but I'm taking (laughs) it back. (laughs) Zen Dave is still our friend Dave. There's only one. And it's Dave Levinson. Um, So it's retracted. That's all.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to say again, though, the David H. Steinberg method has gotten me through. Several. I'm still on it. I mean, not this week because I've had COVID all week. But before that, it's keeping me keeping me sane, man.
1: Mm. He's he's got a method. He's Zen, but he's a different kind of Zen. Don't <laughs> the on Zen Dave.
0: <laughs> zen Dave Levinson.
1: <laughs> zen Dave Levinson. All right, Tasha.
0: Okay. It's
1: long overdue. Yeah. We've been busy. Yeah. We had guests on. Yeah. We weren't able to really dive into Maverick. No. And now it's it's on its third week it's about to get it's going up against jurassic world this weekend as we're no problem
0: we're
1: um which i'm so excited for but uh we just have to talk about some maverick because i feel like it's a crucial film in the history of film
0: i agree with you <laughs> it was incru- okay Do so, let's start with positive thoughts
1: well like are there negative
0: i have some negative thoughts really yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Let's start with positive.
0: What'd you love about it?
1: Everything. Next. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So what I loved about it, and as a matter of fact, so something I really loved about it was the relationship. I really did not see the father-son element of Maverick coming to cut my core the way that it did. I actually, I hate to bring people, like tweets from people, but our 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 good friend Dan Kunkka he he said something on twitter which i had thought about but he kind of put it together he said and it's it's something they did in the writing in maverick is through specificity of tom cruise pulling the paper on rooster uh miles teller that was that that gave some more specificity to like that relationship as opposed to being like tom cruise killed rooster's dad yeah by the way listener tons of spoilers wait i mean that's <laughs> I really loved that dynamic. I liked that, like that was going on and I just loved the Iceman. I loved all like the character dynamics that were happening.
0: It's so interesting because I know we're not on not positive thoughts yet, but Mm -hmm. my criticism are all about character. Everything else I thought was fantastic. Like (laughs) I just thought they completely captured how it feels watching the first movie or how it felt watching the first movie. Yeah. Um, just how exciting it was how um the energy of it there was so much like like warmth between the characters and like their fun dynamic there's also the fun beats of like the older i, I i'm not in the military so I, and, and I don't have family in the military so i don't know anything about it but older like a uh, 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 captain guy who is like telling maverick off ed harris's character oh yeah who, took the place of his former guy on the battleship
1: yeah so good
0: like just that feeling the they somehow find found a way to redo the the uh volleyball scene but in a new interesting way that was actually through character they just did such it's such a fantastic example of how to do a sequel properly because they just distilled the feelings that like the highlights of the first movie and then changed them, but maintained that feeling. Mm-hmm. So, those are all like the positive things for me, but like very, very weak on character, in well, my opinion.
1: Well, oh, wait, <laughs> Hold on. So, going back, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they did manage to capture the exact same vibe of Top yeah. Gun, which was so amazing. Like, everything, yeah. I will say, there was, it's like a retread, it's, it's the definition of do the same, but different. And yeah, with the volleyball scene and with the uh, piano scene and with the, you know, even the motorcycle, the jacket, the yeah, the vibe, the songs, this, the everything. But what was crazy is that it worked. It just yeah. worked. And so we've talked about this a million times. I love when there's like an objective, like like in Star Wars episode four, A New Hope, which was kind of similar to Maverick, where it's like. Hey, you need to shoot this and hit that little hole and the bad guys will blow up. Yeah. I just love that. Like, that's the objective. Boom. Is it so simple? It's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. You can just wrap your head around it. Like, I don't even know who the bad guys were in this movie.
0: No, they were unclear. I think at one point they say Iranian. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Mm. But the point being is like, they just had an objective and you're like, okay, they just need to blow this thing up. That's it. And then, oh, more bad guys could come. And if I'm just being honest, Tasha, I didn't really even know who the bad guys were in the original Top Gun after it because I rewatched it and they're I was the like,
0: the Russians. It was a Cold War, man."
1: I know, but it was conf- like it was like, "Are there bad guys?" I don't know. Like people, are yeah, bad them. guys
0: are not like the main; they're not a highlight of Top Gun, which is why it works in this movie. You sort of don't care; you don't need to know. You just the objective is what's important.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, it's a good lesson. It's like they figured out a way to make everything really important without yeah. having a big bad guy. Although there is a big bad guy, but there who's kind of is Who's the isn't big
0: bad guy? Big the, bad guy.
1: Well, what I'm saying is like that person exists, but we don't fully – it's not like a looming presence over the movie. No. It's just like – I mean, I feel
0: like the bad guy is John Hamm's character. The antagonist is someone who's trying to stop your hero from achieving their goal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's John Hamm trying to stop – Maverick from training these guys and and you know, finishing his training and getting them out there and preparing them the way that he thinks they should be prepared. So that yeah, the bad guy, it being the Russians or Iranians or whoever it is, that that's not really the bad guy. Like it's almost like the situation is like the big bad, by the way. Like the yeah, the the impossible mission that they have to do is its own bad guy.
1: That John Hamm moment where John Hamm kicks him out. And- yeah. And then, all of a sudden, there's that little blip on the radar. I yes,
0: like, oop, oop. I was like, oh, so good.
1: Everyone, everyone, like cheered in the theater during that. <laughs> so that. good to do that, and every all the people just perked up, and they're like, oh, oh my god, Here yeah,
0: we go. oh, it's so exciting. Maverick being Maverick.
1: I just want to say one kind of screenwriting thing, yeah, and then we're gonna go into some character things. There was a there when they're flying in the air. There was a fake out where it seemed like that one pilot was going to die and the pilot goes up and he starts blacking out and then he falls and he spirals down and it seems like he's going to black out and die. And then he wakes up in the final second. You're like, Oh, thank God he's alive. And then they're flying back. And then these birds come in and hit the, the airplanes. And then you think they're going to die because they like have to eject out of their thing, but then they survive. And you're like, Oh my God, thank God they're alive. Yeah. And then like a beat after that, the Iceman dies. And it yeah. was this sequence that I thought was just so clever because it, it was all of these twists of something, something bad is about to happen. Someone's going to die. And it was like, it zigs and zags and zigs. And then it, it turns out to be someone that you didn't like fully expect. Yeah. And just from a writing perspective, I thought that was like a really clever thing to do.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about that, too, because I wonder if without the original movie where we know that Goose dies, which means I feel like anyone can die. If you're going to yeah. take Goose away from us, like anyone could die. Mm-hmm. If, if if you didn't have that original, would you feel as tense about there possibly being a death in this movie? Because you're right. Like after those incidents, I was like, OK, those people didn't die. Those people didn't die. Well, someone's going to die. And yeah. I was like, well, Iceman Yeah, sure, but he's not like in this active group. Like someone in the active group has to die. And that's where Paul actually, my fiance and editor of the podcast, Uh um, like leaned over and was like, Maverick's gonna die at the end. And I was like, No, (laughs) they're not gonna do that. No, and he's just like, It's gonna happen. Um I wish I could have seen that. (laughs) I
1: wish I could have seen that interaction, by the way. Like, I feel like you're eating popcorn. (laughs) Paul whispers that you're like the popcorn falls from your fingers. You just look over, you glare like <laughs> what the fuck?
0: What the fuck did you just say to me?
1: <laughs> Get out.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it, it created it did you're right. It did create this sense of like, well, anyone can die at any moment. And I do not know what that moment is because they they're tricking me out here. Yeah. And so where's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Maverick?
1: It could have been, but you're right. Once Goose died, yeah.
0: anyone, anyone, anyone
1: could die. And could you imagine the grief? Maverick would have if his son died. Oh my
0: god, He would be destroyed. The third movie would just be like this drug <laughs> <laughs> infused. <laughs> oh, poor Maverick.
1: Um, all right, let's talk about some of the character things you didn't like.
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to that through um something that one of our listeners and my former assistant, Troy Dangerfield, brought up, which was he emailed me and he was like, Tasha, is there a theme in this movie? And then he like spiraled into this existential crisis of like, Tasha, do we even need theme? Is writing a lie? And I was like, <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this. Because All obviously, right. you know, I love theme. It's like the yeah. maximum importance <laughs> to me, in my opinion, unless you have, is, is what you were talking about earlier and you're this week in writing, unless you have something that you're writing to, an emotional through line that makes me care about the story. I don't really care. So theme, I think let's start with like, what was the theme of the first movie? I feel like it's something in the, in the realm of you can't do everything yourself. You have to rely on friends.
1: Okay. Yeah. My, my, the juices are just, they're flowing all of a yeah, sudden okay. you just said, okay. it. I think that's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: okay. Like friends are your allies. They're not your enemies. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's the lesson that Maverick learns over the course of the movie. But for Maverick, the second one, I can't put my finger on a th- theme i think maybe it's something about believing in yourself that's kind of in there because mav goes to iceman and is like i can't do it nice man's like you can do it you just have to let go Mm. is it letting go of your past is that what the theme is because i I, is that what solves everyone's problems at the end no whereas Mm. you know trusting your friends in the first movie solved everyone's problems it allowed Mav and and Iceman to kind of save the day and have a heroic moment.
1: Yeah, and this is more of a redemption for Mav in the second one because he he obviously saves Rooster, which was awesome. So awesome. So I I don't know if this ties into the theme, but something that I thought was really great throughout the movie is that Maverick was struggling with his youth. Now, he wasn't struggling with his youth because Tom Cruise doesn't struggle. Um, But he... It was definitely acknowledged that like, hey, out with the old, in with the new. Like you guys are, you Maverick are a dying breed and -hmm. there is a new fucking guard here and this new guard is upon us and there's nothing you can do about it. And I just thought that was really interesting because a lot of movies don't have this, especially when you're in Tom Cruise's position. Like it was great that he embraced that because I think it worked. It was kind of like this guy accepting that life is moving on.
0: Yeah, but he was still the most badass person in the whole movie.
1: But he settled down at the end. So maybe it was about settling down.
0: I think it's about letting go. But okay. I don't think that was set up very well.
1: Okay. It's about letting go.
0: Because Ro- that's also Rooster's problem, right? He has, for some reason, and this is part of what bothers me in the movie, he pulls back, right? He like goes slower when he should speed up.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's never explained why he does that. It's mentioned once by one of the other pilots. I think it's Hangman who's like, he makes fun of Rooster for like overthinking stuff, but it's, we're never given an explanation by Rooster or anyone else about why he hesitates so much.
1: I will agree. I bumped on it. I'm not going to lie. When he, when he started to hesitate, I was like, wait, when did this, this come up? Because that didn't really lock into his personality yeah that they had set up so
0: yeah you're missing a beat there somewhere
1: yeah maybe there's something was cut but okay I, I i'm starting to get on the page it's about letting go so you're I saying that so. maverick lacked theme
0: i think it lacked theme because even this theme of letting go is not well set up or well executed I don't give a fuck because the movie was so fun. Yeah. But I do feel like when I left, I wanted more. And I was a little bummed out that I wasn't as emotionally invested as I was in the OG. Mm. I was just invested because it was so fun.
1: So you weren't invested in Tom Cruise.
0: I mean, I'm always invested in Tom Cruise. I just was not invested in his relationship with Rooster.
1: So you didn't like the movie.
0: (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) How dare you, sir? Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. But okay, so going back to Troy's question is, do you need theme?
0: You do need theme because if this had a better theme, I would have walked out thinking this was the best movie of all time. And now it's only like somewhere in the range of best movie of all time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, because I guess in movies like Top Gun, you can kind of get away with it when you get when you have like these bigger movies. And by the way, I promise you if and when we have the writer of Top Gun on, I'm sure that they would completely disagree and tell us what the theme is and tell us exactly how it exists. I mean, I would
0: love, I would love that. And I would love to hear maybe what had to get cut for the sake of other things, because I think they did the best with what was on screen. Like there was a lot of subtlety that points to these themes, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of overt attention to it, which I think the first movie had, like you actually had moments in the first movie where Iceman would pull Maverick aside and say, like, I don't feel safe flying with you. You're dangerous. You would have his superior officer pull him in and say the same thing, but in a different way. And you'd have Goose. Like, all these people kept hitting on the theme constantly yeah. in, in the first Top Gun. And in this one, it's just a lot of action and a lot of, which is great, and a lot of building towards this ultimate objective mission that they had. But for me, the big hole in the theme problem actually is around Rooster, um, because I don't really know what Rooster's problem is. Is it that Mav messed up his career? And I agree with Dan Kanka that it's nice that there's a specificity there that's different than just like, you killed my dad. Just because it adds something more um, tangible that they can talk about and yeah. uh, that's more recent. Is it that, or is it that Mav killed his dad and 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 messed up his career? Or does the dad thing not pay not play any role here. Is it that Mav was a terrible surrogate father to him? Because at one point Maverick reveals that he like tried to step in and raise him in Mm -hmm. Goose's absence, but we don't really understand what that relationship was. Is it that he thinks Mav's way of acting where he doesn't think he acts is what killed his dad? And so that's why he's going to overthink everything. I think that's probably exactly what it is, but they never talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I just don't... (sighs) I think that what's interesting is that we don't know what Rooster's problem is because when we meet him, it's already his problem, if that makes sense. Like the Iceman equivalent in this movie, Hangman, he makes fun of Rooster by saying, you know, you overthink stuff. You never take risks. So it's a problem that Rooster's just already had. And so we take for granted that's just who he is without ever getting an explanation about why.
1: Oh, Hangman says that. Yeah. Oh, I missed that.
0: Yeah, he says it really early on, I think in the bar.
1: That's right. That's right. Okay. And so you're like, okay, up.
0: I don't know this kid, but suddenly he's saying he overthinks stuff. And then you see him hesitate in the plane, but I don't know the root cause of that.
1: Yeah. What's interesting about that, like, for instance, if Goose's personality was like Maverick's, it would make sense to why Rooster would hesitate because mm. he would say, oh my God, my dad was pretty reactionary. And he would do certain things he didn't think enough through. But I think you're right. I think maybe Rooster doesn't want to be like Maverick.
0: Yeah, Mavericks. Uh, quick thinking is what got his dad killed, so he's gonna overthink things. Yeah. I just—it's like it's literally just a line somewhere. That's—I mean—we're nitpicking this movie to that extent because it's so good that it's really just a line or two that's missing at this point to really hammer home the theme.
1: So your line would be something like, you know. I just overthink everything because my dad didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is even as we're talking, there's a scene in this that I think is really well done where Maverick gives his famous kind of philosophy where like, if you're up there, you know, you don't think if you think you die, you have to act. And I think Rooster comes back and says something. um, Yeah, he does. He challenges him. And alludes to, oh, yeah, like, is that what you did to kill my dad is essentially like what I got out of that scene. So it's there. It's just like it's like wanting another additional line in there that is a bit more direct. And now it's like, okay, now that I have that direct line in that scene, I now know why he overthinks things. I know why he goes slower um, and all those things. But here's another problem with that is because Rooster is considered one of like the best top guns. Right. They've gathered the best. Uh, fighter pilots who have graduated top gun here but if rooster is this guy who like overthinks and goes too slow and he's like i don't see rooster's skill in here i just see a lot of like weakness okay and so i'm now wondering why is rooster considered a top pilot why does maverick even believe in him if this kid can't even you know do a basic run
1: I am gonna just say one. One, I'm gonna agree with you about this, and it makes me uncomfortable to talk about because of how much I like this movie. Yeah, and I, it really is like I feel like I'm like complaining about like E. T. or something, like something that just yeah, is like so perfect. You. However, when Maverick didn't pull Rooster's papers, I was under the assumption that like Rooster was amazing; he had no flaws. Rooster was the the king shit, but yeah. it did actually lend some legitimacy to why Maverick pulled his papers hmm. because he hesitates a little bit. Whereas yeah. they made it seem like he didn't pull the papers because he made the, the promise to Rooster's mother that he wouldn't let him get involved in this world. Right. So what I'm saying is I, I think I agree with you. There could have been maybe one or two Rooster Beats, but the movie's still awesome.
0: The movie's still awesome. But here's the thing is like the the, the reason why theme – why Troy was missing a theme was because the end of the movie is like the greatest end of a movie of all time theme regardless. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah.
0: Like the best uh, best third acts of all time. Yeah. But we, since we don't understand what Rooster's problem is, we don't know how the end of the movie that is flying with Maverick in a freaking F-14, which is the greatest thing of all time Mm -hmm. is what solves his problem. I don't know how that solves either of their problems.
1: Well, I felt like it was like Mav is back with his his partner.
0: Yes, that was what was very fun about it.
1: And Mav is now like they saved it, and he, they saved the day together. Like this, that was the destiny of Maverick and Goose. But he just played it out through Rooster in uh, Interesting. Ha- an airplane that they should have been that Maverick and Goose yeah. should have been flying.
0: But how does that fix Rooster's problem? I don't fucking know, Tasha. It's just great.
1: (laughs) Well, no, actually, I would take that back. I think Rooster's problem was that he held so much anger and resentment towards Maverick Mm -hmm. that this was like the coup de grace to get them back together and like bonded forever. Even though. It's about letting go. I think it's about letting go. He had to let
0: go in order to A, finish the mission, but B, come back for Maverick. And save him,
1: yeah, big time. He like he, him. For, he forgave him, and then they got in this insane. I did not see that part coming, by the way. When they're on foot, they're being shot at, oh man, and they're like, let's go to this bunker oh, over god. here. I was
0: <laughs> so happy, I think I was crying there. I'm like, oh my god, it's an F 14, it's an F 14, they're gonna go fly in it.
1: <laughs> I was holding Nicole's hand so tight that <laughs> she. She pulled her hand away at one point and said I was hurting her <laughs> because of how like intense everything was. And it was like the entire third act. And she yeah. was like, Give me my hand. And I was like, This is fucking insane. Like multiple times we were both like yeah. looked at each other as though it just that movie is so special. You're what wa- yeah. you know you're watching something special. Yeah. When you watch Maverick.
0: Yeah. Similarly, both Paul and I wear um, Apple Watches, and our Apple Watches show our heart rates, and they were at like 127 during the third act of the movie. It's like really high during the third act.
1: Yeah, that would be – I should have worn my Apple Watch. I've done that with uh, sporting events, and I've looked at my heart rate. It's like 180. And like, the playoffs. I'm like, oh, God, this is not healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so in conclusion, it's about letting go.
0: I think that's what it is. Yeah, I just wish it was better done. But yeah. Is
1: it about moving on?
0: Yeah, same, 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 go, same,
1: same umbrella, right?
0: Slash moving on. Yeah.
1: Letting go, yeah. moving on.
0: Yeah, Put the, so the past behind them. Yeah, because isn't that the thing that Iceman types on his computer? Let it go, mm-hmm. like go. Let it go.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's about letting go, and just that Ice Man, man. I was, I was, I, I was bawling in this movie. I was crying. Yeah,
0: I, I can't wait to see it again. Okay, not when bawling. I'm healthy. When you, yeah, yeah, I was definitely tearing up.
1: Tasha's going today. So if you see Tasha at the movie theater.
0: Do, do not sit by me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, it's an amazing movie.
0: It is an amazing movie. Go see it. If you have thoughts on what you think the theme is, do let us know. We will, I'm sure, keep mulling over this. Um, I will definitely rewatch it and think about that as I as I watch. Because yeah. it might be in there and I just missed it because I was so distracted by how awesome it is.
1: That's that that that's very possible. I mean, there's a good chance that we were both equally as distracted because of like you're almost caught in a ride. Like you're 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 like excited. That's
0: exactly how it feels.
1: Oh, before I forget, I actually had messaged you about the Great Balls of Fire scene. Yeah. When Tom Cruise gets kicked out of. Uh, that's right. Yeah. The establishment. And then I said, oh, my God, I love that scene. It was rooted in character. And you yeah. broke. Was it? question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um and so i didn't respond because I was <laughs> did like you go I, I, can't, rage? <laughs> I can't go i can't do this however i felt like it was
0: why did you feel like it was
1: because what i loved about that was definitely obviously a rehash like they just yeah. called back to this amazing top gun moment in a very clever yeah. way and tom cruise he's looking from the outside in Basically, at the life that he used to have. Yeah. With his best friend. And now he's watching his son play the song that they used to sing. And I feel like since it was from Tom Cruise's perspective, therefore it was rooted in character.
0: The reason why I said was it (laughs) was because (laughs) was it? What drove them to this? This is going to sound stupid. As I say it, what drove them to the piano? Like it was, it felt like it was just a random. We're going to call back to the OG. Cause that's fun. Mm-hmm. It had, it had been, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, sounds really dumb as I'm saying it, but it had been like a jukebox scenario this whole time. And then all of a sudden, like he just comes in and he walks around, meets his friends. And he's like, I'm going to go to the piano and just start playing. And that, that's just, that doesn't yeah. feel like that's rooted in character. That just feels like I'm dropping in a moment from the OG.
1: So I thought about this as well. All right, so I agree that that there there was no cause and effect to get Rooster to the to the piano. Like for instance, if the jukebox like was like short shorted out, and they're like, oh fuck, and Rooster's like, I got we need this, a song. guys. Yes! <laughs> yes, and they're like, oh, and then Rooster's like, hold on, hold on.
0: Oh, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I agree, but I, I mean, I guess what I meant is the impact of the moment came from, like, it's perfect that Tom Cruise was kicked out, he's looking in, and the way the scene happened yeah. after the jukebox. like, Okay, yeah, it was a little strange. He just sat down at the piano and played it.
0: <laughs> okay, but here's here's another question. At that point, we don't know what his relationship with Rooster has been. We have seen a picture of Rooster at his locker. And then this is the first time he sees Rooster in person. And he doesn't even talk to Rooster. Just Doesn't want to look like he tries to avoid him entirely and succeeds. So now I'm thinking, what the hell is his relationship with Rooster? When's the last time he saw him? That's a very weird reaction to have to a kid whose picture you have in your locker. And then it does not then follow up at all with like, them running into each other in the hallway and like them being forced to see each other for the first yeah. time. It's just now we're carrying on with the classes and that's kind of it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I took it as like, he just wasn't ready. Like he wasn't prepared to see rooster. And so he was just like caught off guard for the okay. first time ever. And he was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. He looks just like goose. I got to go.
0: I guess just because I didn't understand It's okay if I don't understand their relationship there, but then I want to understand it in like the next couple scenes and they just don't address it at all.
1: Yeah, what's weird about that is I totally forgave that when I was thinking, all right, well, Tom Cruise killed his dad. Doesn't want to talk to that kid. (laughs) Kid doesn't want to talk to him.
0: But that's not even the problem, right? The problem is that he did the papers thing.
1: All right. So that's the root of the, the everything, the rooster character and the what the root of the issue is what is Rooster's issue, right? Yeah. Which by the way, what's funny about this is I actually kind of walked away thinking that Miles Teller was the kind of like the anchor to that Rooster character was the anchor to this entire movie.
0: Oh because, interesting.
1: Because I felt like he was the one severe wild card. You knew what you're getting out of Maverick. Um, the other pilots, you, you kind of had a handle on, but Rooster was the moving – he he was the unknown, and yeah. he was the guy who could really cut into Maverick's core. Like, he was yeah. the one. Weirdly, I felt like that movie, like, hinged on uh, – well, obviously Tom Cruise, but, like, very close second Miles Teller.
0: I agree. I think that's why I'm aching for just l- <laughs> another line or two. Another you know, we need a moment. reboot.
1: If we could just reboot this movie with a few <laughs> – few moments that you want just
0: re-release it with an added an added scene just do a couple reshoots a couple days um but by the way at the end of this movie i was all in on miles teller like taking the reins of this like i thought he did fantastic
1: i thought everyone did fantastic for sure yeah i could see it moving forward and it seems like that's what was so interesting about this movie is it seemed like i mean obviously if there was a third maverick or third top gun there would be a Tom Cruise in it. There has to yeah. be, it seems like, but it also felt like, like, like Cruise was kind of like stepping away a little bit. Like he was like, hey, I'm going to hand off this franchise, where that's not the case in Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, he's like, I'm Ethan Hunt and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah.
0: You're going to have to,
1: yeah, you have to kill me and bury me 12 feet under to like get me out of this. So, anyway, that's right. our thoughts on Maverick. That's it. I thought it was going to be like a 10 minute conversation. We just went a lot longer as expected.
0: I mean, once you get me talking about Top Gun and Com Cruise. Yeah. And... All I, right.
1: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't have COVID anymore after that conversation.
0: Just, just all just, that excitement. Just
1: cured COVID.
0: <laughs> 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 all right. Quote of the day. Yep. Maverick. It's not your flying. It's your attitude. <laughs> The enemy is dangerous, but right now you're worse, dangerous, and foolish. You may not like like who's flying with you, but whose side are you on? Iceman! Theme! Wow.
1: Wow. All right.
0: Okay. (laughs) Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act 2 Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at StoryThursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha3.0.
1: And I'm Joshua Holman on Twitter, Josh Holman on Instagram.
0: And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by a 414 bag, which you can find on Spotify.